Do you want to know how to unleash your infinite potential? We're talking all about the book Rising Up from Mental Slavery with Book Circle Online's very own Katerina Gazayas. Stay tuned. This is Book Circle Online, featuring in-depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's leading book titles and their authors. And now, Book Circle Online. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Book Circle Online. Today, we are talking about an amazing book, Rising Up from Mental Slavery. I'm so excited to talk all about it. I'm your host, Marissa Serafini, and joining me, I have Book Circle Online's very own, you might recognize her, Katerina Gazayas. Marissa, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? It's so fun to be on this side of the table, because I'm used to hosting like you host. Right, and I'm used to engineering and producing right. your shows while you're hosting. <laughs> and here we are, because now I've written a book, so and here we so are fun. both on the panel, and yeah. you have this new book, Rising Up from Mental Slavery, How to Unleash Your Infinite Potential. First mm. of all, congratulations. I really enjoy this book. Thank and you. I think it was so easy to understand and it wasn't like really knocking you know certain things over the head with people because some books are like really gratuitous in that way but what i love about your book it was it's such an easy read i I read it on a plane ride in one trip and i took away so much from this i'm so glad to hear that yeah well you know we wrote it i have a co-author her name is danielle martin and uh, she and i both have had a lot of experience in getting over our own mental hurdles Mm-hmm. And so we thought, let's throw it in a book, but let's put it in a book that is easy for everyone to understand. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. It's a simple little read, but it's great for the summer. Yeah, it's great for any time of, of the year, because reading it, I was like, uh, there are things that you can take away now as an adult, even when you're a teenager and later on in your life. There are so many foundations and tools in this book that like just set you up for success for the rest of your life. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for saying that. I have a cousin, and her daughter is 17 right now. And I said to her, well, when you're done the book, give it to your daughter, because for someone that's 16, 17, even 15, right. could easily absorb this material. And I think it's nice, like you said, foundation for you know, just feeling secure in self. Yeah, absolutely. So like I said at the beginning, I had so many takeaways with this book, and I loved it. Every chapter, there was just some moments I was like, yes. You know, I just had like uh, so many aha moments. So I, I, I would like to go through the book with you and then, you know, just get right into it. So starting more at the beginning with uh, chapter one, because again, starting with foundations and everything, there you have this whole idea of parad- paradigms mm-hmm. and mental programming and the way that people think and like behavioral patterns and how people think and how that can be a detriment to some people, but also shifting that pers- persona and and perspective on everything can help change things and how you look at things moving in the future. So uh, can you talk a little bit more about the importance of mental programming? Right, absolutely. And, and you hit the nail on the head. So paradigms or mental programming or the basically just the thoughts we choose to think are literally what are running our lives. Mm-hmm. So for example, for a very long time, I had fallen into my own mental paradigm of it's too late, I'm too old. You know, I had started a career in finance. I had always wanted to be in media. But when I was a little bit older, I thought, well, I should have, I could have, it's too late now. And so I fell into this paradigm of it's too late, I'm too old. And as I was working with a colleague of mine, she was 22, 23, coming out of university. And we were having a conversation and she was like, you know, I'm too young. I'm, no one's going to take me seriously. And I'm mm. thinking, this is interesting because we're both playing into this age paradigm. Me feeling like I was too old at the age of 34 
her feeling like she was too young That's at the age young. of 24. <laughs> it is, and it's ridiculous. Right. But it's all just mentally, what are you what are you allowing yourself to think? And at the end of the day, it comes back to us to change that. So it kind of is that easy. We get to choose our thoughts. Right. Do you think society plays an a factor in the age limit of what we can achieve at certain ages? Yeah, absolutely. Well, society is very, very age-driven. And especially, and I love millennials, don't get me wrong. As a, <laughs> as a very proud Gen Xer, I love millennials. But yeah, society puts a big, big pressure on, especially women, mm-hmm. uh, but also men. Like if men yeah. haven't achieved a certain standard by the age of 40 or 50, we're, you know, they're looked at as, oh, you missed your chance. And right. we get that through messaging, you know, with advertising, buy this face cream, buy this car. Why don't you already own this car? And what we need to recognize is everyone has their own path and everyone's path is unique. And sometimes a delay in what you deem the timing of your path was actually all meant to lead you to a place where you can now share that journey, which is exactly how I feel about my journey. Right. And I I truly believe it's like you are where you're meant to be. Mm -hmm. And and it might not be where you want to be yet, but... If you still have the belief that you're eventually getting there, then it's more acceptable of where you are right now. And, and and I love that concept because people get so bogged down by such limitations as age or even race and gender. Like It, it kind of goes along that whole spectrum. I'm reading, uh, not reading, actually I'm watching right now because um, I'm a little bit of a nerd too. So I'm watching this new program and it's from the History Channel, but you can actually watch it on YouTube. Okay. And it's um, the, the men, or what was it? I think it's the men who built America. Ooh. And it talks about like Tesla and Edison and J.P. Morgan and Carnegie and all these great minds that basically the Rockefellers and the Vanderbilts and the whole thing behind them was they believed they could do something. Everyone thought they were crazy. But they were like, I'm not crazy. I see it and I'm going to get it done. So for all of us, it's just a matter of what do you want your life to be like? So vision that and then simply figure out a way to pull it into the future or pull it into the now. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And that goes along the, the future chapters that we Right, yeah, too. one step ahead. I'm it all, it all relates, I swear, <laughs> I swear. But also part of this chapter, um, you and your co-writer, Danielle, you, there was a great... A great quote that says, for us, the definition of success is waking up every morning and living a life that we love. Mm. And I love, I also love just that thinking, especially in the morning, Mm. because a lot of people, you know, aren't morning people, as you can tell, but having a more positive thought in the morning can help set you for the rest of the day and for the rest of your life. Yeah, and and getting your day started. And you hear people say this all the time. Uh, I was watching an interview with Mark Cuban. And Mark Cuban was saying, you know, I don't look at my phone for a good half an hour in the morning. Like, I I get up, I do my meditation, I do some, you know, stretching, whatever. He goes, I refuse to look at my phone until I have had a a minute to mentally set myself. Because if I look at my phone, then I'm automatically reacting to someone else's energy. Mm -hmm. He goes, I want to set my energy first. And that's so true, right? Take a minute in the morning. Set some intentions. Say a thank you. We hear about gratitude all the time. It sounds corny. Trust me. I spent a lot of time on the East Coast when I came to the West Coast and I heard about gratitude or woo-woo. I was like, oh, my God. Uh, but there's so much to be said for just appreciating where you're at. Yeah, and yeah. you mentioned your your morning routine, which is also in one of your chapters about every morning you wake up, you you meditate for at least 15 minutes, yes? Yeah, 15 and to 20, yeah. 15, which I... It's great. I'm more getting into meditation mm. this year, and I find it's so super helpful. How come I, 
I didn't do it earlier in my life. How come we don't teach our children this, right? We just don't. Right. Mind you, we don't teach our children how to do their taxes or be in a relationship either. That's true. And then we wonder why we're all running around at 20 not knowing how to live. <laughs> and all we know how to do is swipe left. <laughs> right, right. Um, but also, okay, so for your morning routine yeah. with meditation and also you, you write the things that you're grateful for, mm-hmm. um, you still do this every, yeah, every single morning. day? Yeah. And how long have you been doing this? For? So I've been doing it for about, three years consistently okay um three years ago i looked at my age i looked at the time clock i looked at my life and i had a really great life i was living in miami i was jet setting around the world i was you know i i, I was working with a yacht company so it was very lifestyle and it was great but there were certain things that i was missing out of my life number one personal fulfillment money was great i was so bored I was like, there's got to be more to this than, you know. Number mm-hmm. two, I didn't have a real solid relationship. Number three, society told me by now I should be married with five kids and half a dog and a white picket fence, and I didn't have that either. So I was like, what do I do? I literally had a conversation with myself in 2015, so exactly three years ago in August, okay. and I was like, I am giving myself three years to get my shit together. Now, from the outside, anyone looking in would have thought that my shit was together, but I didn't feel like I had it together the way I really wanted to be living. So I started setting my alarm at 5.30 in the morning. 5.30 in the morning, guess what? I'm up, and I'm meditating, and I'm jogging, and I'm writing, and I'm drinking my tea, and I'm... So by the time I do all that, and then as a girl, you've got to take a shower, you've got to do your hair, you've got to right. go to the car, you got to... So 5.30 in the morning, and then by 9.30, I can actually be productive. But it takes commitment, right? I totally believe that because I've been doing that lately as well because I realized, you know, I work here for AfterBuzz, so I can't say as much. But there's a lot of times where I would wake up and just go straight to work, and that would just be my day. And But I realized with, with time scheduling changing, if I woke up earlier and actually do an activity or do something that personally was more fulfilling to me first before I got to work... Then I I found I was in a better mood and way more productive at work after having already done something for myself. Right. So important. So important. And we forget. And, and again, it's classic, right? Like take care of yourself first. But people don't really recognize what that means. Mm-hmm. And it really means getting yourself into a place where whatever you have to do to get yourself kind of happy in the morning, it will set the tone for your day. Absolutely. And I find it super important, not just for females, but for everyone. Mm-hmm. It, it just gets you in the, the, the right tone to do everything um so moving on to the next chapter uh, dispelling limiting beliefs which Mm. goes hand in hand with the first one with the mental programming but there are thoughts that people are programmed to like negative thoughts and that limits everything and what you can achieve and what you believe you can achieve so for, for can you give us like some examples of what would be self-limiting sure yeah so absolutely so one thing that a lot of people hear that when i interview people a lot of people say is i don't believe i can't i don't believe i can because i don't have enough formal education so a lot Mm -hmm. of people that don't come from traditional i went to college really hold themselves back because they think they're at a disadvantage because they don't have that formal education Yes, there's an element of society that wants that paper and wants to see you did the degree. And most people do a degree to develop some more of those skills, you know, of like follow through and, and mm-hmm. work ethic. And, and that is sort of what a degree will, will lead to. But there's a whole heck of a lot of really bright people out there that may not necessarily have had a chance to either go to college or may just be really, really genius in a way that 
traditional the traditional education system doesn't value. Right. So I'll give you an example. <clears throat> we put our kids through school, right? It's 2018. I'm not a parent, but I've got a lot of parent friends. And traditional school still values reading, writing, and arithmetic. Yes. Right? You get graded on how good is your math, how good is your English, how good... That's what the whole ACTs and SATs... All of it, right? Only but what if you really had record. an 11-year-old kid who was a bloody spatial genius? Mm-hmm. Like, he just could take shapes and make the most amazing stuff. So instead of cultivating that, instead of identifying that in him and cultivating that so that he can become the bloody best engineer we've ever seen and knock the Golden Gate Bridge out of the water... We tell him that he's not so smart or special because he's not doing well in reading, writing, and arithmetic. It's crazy, right? It is. So we're limiting not only our children but the messages we give them. And then as adults, we grow up and we think, well, I can't. Without And what we need to be doing is really taking a step back and saying, what are my personal intrinsic skills? What am I actually really good at? What do I actually really, really enjoy? Mm-hmm. And if you can tap into that, you automatically feel more confident. When you feel more confident, you just do better in life. Yeah. Confident people do. It's a fact. How do you find that self-confidence? You figure out what you enjoy doing and you start doing it. Yeah. And, and I, that kind of just reminds me of this quote by Albert you know, Einstein that I think, you know, I, I can't quote it word for word, but it's about, you know, people's intelligence level. And it's all about if a, um, a fish is... Um, defined by his intelligence if he can climb a tree he's going to spend his whole life thinking he's stupid because everyone has their own different levels of intelligence and some people and that goes with the uh the concepts of people who learn audibly Mm -hmm. visually or kinesthetically right absolutely i'm more of a visual learner Mm -hmm. and so but that doesn't mean and it kind of goes like if you can give me directions to somewhere i'm not going to you know, remember what you told me how to get there. But if you show me on a map, I'm going to figure it out. Right. But that doesn't say I'm not intelligent because right. I can't learn audibly. Yeah. So I, I think that is something that people need to be more aware of people's different levels. Totally. So limiting beliefs. Yeah. Come up. I see it with education. I see it with age. Like I mentioned to you, this great event planner. She's a genius. Um, Amanda Crispino out of New York. She's 25 years old. She is a genius, and she's like, oh, I don't know if I can do it because I'm kind of young. People might not take me seriously. Then you have the 65-year-old who's mm-hmm. thinking, it's too late for me to start something new. I can't. He might have another 30 years of life ahead of him, and he's limiting his potential to live an amazing next 30 years because for some reason society tells us, wow, by 60, you should be really slowing down, you know? Yeah, no. Why? No. No. No, now we get going. My, my parents, they're both seniors. They're still kicking it. Yeah, right? <laughs> they are working every single day. No one's telling them to stop. That's right. And they're not allowing anyone to, <laughs> to stop them. So, And I love that. I think it's like you stop growing when you just stop doing. Right? And uh, and I, I think it's important to just keep doing, you know, like Nike says. Um, moving on to, uh, to suit to the next chapter is it taking 100% responsibility. Mm-hmm. And that is a big thing that we hear at AfterBuzz. Like our staffsmen, uh, we actually have a system where when we make mistakes, we call each other out on it. Mm-hmm. And if you yourself make a mistake, call yourself out on it. it it's about the, the concept of, yes, being aware that you made a mistake, but also realizing you did it and not doing it again and how it can actually benefit you for the future. And, and you know, it's really important because it is 100% up to us. And owning your own um, place and your own decisions 
actually comes back and it ties to your own personal integrity. And when at least you feel like you've got integrity with self, it doesn't matter if you make a mistake. We're all going to make mistakes. Right. But just don't BS yourself or the other person. So important. It, it is. Yeah. And also just because you, you say, actually, maturity comes when you stop making excuses and start making changes from your mistakes. So I loved everything you said. I, I quoted you a lot. Oh, so thank you. <laughs> in my notes because, it's like again, those moments I was like, yes, I, I totally agree. And you can feel it too, right? Like you're adulting officially now, have been mm-hmm. for a few years, and you take a different level of – it takes a different level of maturity to recognize where you made a mistake and to own it and to apologize and to learn. Yes. Right? And Rather not do than, it again. Yeah. And, or and, and if you do it, again, not to do it again, learn from it. Right. It's more so learning from it and mm-hmm. the takeaways that, all right, now what? how can I apply that to yeah. future? Next adventure. Future yeah. things. And so then the next chapter is all about life purpose, which is a pretty deep you know, concept if you think about it. But the whole that seek to be and the rest will come to you and spending more time to do what you are inherently designed to do and the self-alignment. Can you more like define it more in your terms for people to better understand? Sure, absolutely. So Marianne Williamson, she's an author and speaker. She has a um, basically a theory that says human beings uh, are all... We can, we can liken them, human beings, um, into the universe the way cells are in our bodies. Mm-hmm. Some cells are designed to work on the liver. Some cells are designed to move the blood. Some cells are designed to play with brain waves. And just like human beings, we all have different skill sets that we're naturally given. So like we said before, right, the 11-year-old kid that's really great with spaces and Lego and can just make these cool things. For me, I really was always a good communicator. I always was okay to get up and do public speaking and get on a stage when no one else wanted to get up and I was the only one that wanted to do it. I'll do and, it. Yeah, right. And then public speaking is like one of the biggest common fears out of everyone in the entire world. It, yeah, it is. It is. But you know what it comes down to? Public, it's public speaking, fear of spiders, fear of heights, right? All of these. Spiders. Yeah. yeah that's me. <laughs> but, but the thing is, if you look at the other two, right, fear of spiders, fear of heights, there, there is a little bit of real practical per, potential danger there. With public speaking, there isn't. Okay, like you may you may end up perspiring a little bit more, but there's no mm-hmm. real physical threat. The thing is, when you take that layer and you open it up a little bit, under public speaking and the fear of public speaking is actually the fear of public judgment. Mm-hmm. That's what we're afraid of. Yeah. So if you can, again, get confident with yourself, it's not going to matter what the other people think because you know who you are. That also takes a little bit of time to get to that space. Right. And also believing and knowing who you are and accepting who you are Mm. compared to what other people are thinking of you. And you you said in the book that one of your, in your personal stories, is that one of your biggest limitations, I I guess you could say, was that you were afraid of what other people thought of you. A hundred percent. I grew up in a small community and it was always, you know, everyone was kind of whispering and gossiping. And so we grew up really being aware of what other people thought of us. And even 20, 30 years into my life as an adult there's still an element of like what are they going to think they are now like 85 in the old town that I left 12 years ago it don't matter it's still kind of back there but then you've got to look at yourself and say well okay what do they think and really at the end of the day why do I care anymore Mm -hmm. right what is going to make me feel good so it comes back down to that that whole place of figure out what you're good at 
and try to figure out ways to infuse that into your life. Now, some people say to me, Katerina, you don't have any kids, you don't have a husband, you don't have a you don't have a you know a dog, you've got no responsibilities, so you can easily make decisions and you can do stuff and fair enough. But all of us, even if you have five mortgages and seven kids in private school that you're supporting, let's say you like gardening, right? Mm-hmm. But you're working as an accountant. Okay, maybe you don't shift careers completely and become a gardener and open up a landscaping business, but you could take two hours on a weekend and get yourself into a garden and just cultivate it a little bit and just relax into what you enjoy, right? So we're not saying completely shift your career, but you can add elements of what you're good at into your life. And have balance of what you want to do compared to what you're good at Absolutely, yeah. And gardening is therapeutic. It is. A lot of people, I, I know so many people that garden. Yeah. Just for the pure enjoyment. Yeah, just to get away from the numbers and the technology and the beeping and the buzzing and the... Uh. Yeah, it's good to have that balance of have, doing something for your personal self. Mm-hmm. That's what I do in the mornings. Like, I go shoot basketball hoops because it's fun. Amazing. That's my therapy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, and that's the thing I, I would do in the morning before I go to work. But I love that because you're bouncing, you're running, you're playing, your muscles are getting a little oxygen. Getting oxygen, getting, yeah. yeah. And, and you, you start to glow a little bit from the inside and then you can come here and actually deal with everything that's happening. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And in bed, again, I'm in a better state so once I come to work. Yeah. And uh, so uh, I, I love that. That's that's great. And and the next chapter, build your vision. Mm-hmm. So we hear in, you know, creative industry that is Hollywood. Um, there, there, people are always talking about like vision boards and journaling. And how important is that to you and how like you know, envisioning something and how that actually plays to mm. what you actually, you know, accomplish in life. So I used to think this was, again, very California woo-woo, like, okay, vision is short, great, I'm envisioning myself on a private jet, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, so I, but I started to apply the theory of visioning with small stuff. So, for example, okay. I would see myself um, sitting in front of a microphone. And when I wanted to shift careers and move out of finance and get into media, I started kind of visioning myself behind a mic on a set. And what happens is your reticular activating system in your brain starts to get triggered. And what it does is it starts to become aware of things that will lead you down a path that's going to allow you to be in a position where there's a mic and a set in front of you. So you start hearing, overhearing different conversations. You start being aware of different articles in a newspaper and a magazine. You might, you know, be flicking the channels and you land on something you wouldn't have normally have stopped to watch. Um, and so all of that starts to kind of bring in signals from the universe that get your brain even more in line with that particular thought. And all of a sudden, you're making decisions, you're getting opportunities, things are happening that are going to find you in Los Angeles sitting in front of a microphone on a set. Yeah. Because you saw yourself doing it. So visioning and visioning into things that you want to see in your future, so important and so powerful. And I have a piece in the book at the end of that chapter talking about um, uh, Steve Jobs. Yes. So Steve Jobs in 1983 was at a conference. He was addressing the, you know, the crowd and he was talking about his vision for his company. This was 1983. And he made mention of a device that could play music and, you know, and, and basically he basically foreshadowed the iPod in 1983. Now it took him 20 years, no, 30 years almost because that debuted the first iPod in 2010. Mm-hmm. So he actually put this thing in his mind. It took him 30 years to realize it, but it came to be. 
So sometimes it happens overnight. Sometimes it takes 30 years. But stick to what you want to have happen in your life and just assume that it will. Yeah. I have a somewhat of a vision board. It's more like a motivational slash quote slash vision board cool it, it has a lot of different things but it but there are some images of places i would like to be you know not as because i'm already grown up but like places that i would like to uh get to and attain um, i have a girlfriend of mine, yeah i have a girlfriend of mine in um in new zealand and she had done a vision board about five years ago and on her vision board was disneyland like just disneyland she's like i just want to get there i want to see it i want to go and five years later she gets invited to be a speaker at a conference that's happening in anaheim which is next door to disneyland Disneyland. and then boom there she is you know so it's just fun why not why not not? write it down or vision it or meditate into it or cut out little pictures and put them on your wall Exactly, and because a lot of it is also, it, it does happen, and it doesn't matter what like your time limit is also. In college, actually, one of my last final classes before I got my degree was, you know, the, the general question, where do you envision mm-hmm. yourself in five years? And one of my, yeah. yeah, one of my top number one was actually to work at CBS Studios. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea in, like, what shape or form. I just, some reason, I wanted to be at CBS Studios. That was the one out of all of them. And then four years later, I was actually working American Idol and so you think King and Dance at CBS Studios. That's just cool. I got to catch on you for that. Oh, thank it does. you. It happens. Yeah. But you know the importance of envisioning physically seeing it on a board to actually physically accomplishing it. In yes, life. and we have to and I'm going to take it a step back because I don't want people to just think, "Oh, put a vision board up there, meditate and it's going to happen." No. You also busted your butt to get here. Exactly. Right? You went and you did the the schooling and you decided to move across the country and you came here and probably interned for free. So, we have to and network with ourselves people right. to get positions to get to that place. But I did but it. You did it, yeah. And the the thing was 5 years I did it in 4. I was like, okay, so once I accomplished that, I had to set other goals for myself because I didn't realize I would I accomplish it so fast. Mm-hmm. I was like, so, and I think just because you accomplish one, you just accomplish so many, multiple. I love it. Yeah, and vision boards are great. Um, and so I really enjoyed the next chapter, which is about the whole law of vibration because mm. I, I do like science too, so I found this fascinating. But the whole idea of what you think it comes breaks down into like a scientific level of quantum thoughts and waves and and how that plays into energy Mm. energy and like lighter energy is when you're like more happy and anger is more you know more sad like the negative energy and you you actually had a harder time with this Mm. concept what is it about this that made you so skeptical at so first. absolutely i think it's the fact that i tend to be a super analytical person so i like hard facts okay and so i like to know that this table is here and it's solid this air is not solid so i'm a little more weary of the air than i am the table okay which again um doesn't need to be because they both exist so basically this chapter is talking about the fact that matter and energy are actually the same spectrum Matter is just solidified energy. It's a heavier, denser energy. And the molecules in the table are vibrating a lot faster. And closer. And closer (laughs) than the molecules in the air. The thing is, if you think about it, you knock on this table, right? Right. And it's dense and it's heavy and it's tough to get through because it's a little more solid. It's a little heavier. Well, when we have negative thoughts, 
So whether we're depressed, whether we're stressed, whether we're anxious, whether we're fearful, those all carry a kind of a heavier frequency. And what happens is when you're feeling those emotions, your body starts to kind of tense up. You can feel it in your shoulders, right? Absolutely. You get a migraine, your tummy is clenched, and you're physically not allowing ideas and thoughts in as easily. When you're happier, you are lighter, you're feeling joyous, you're feeling fun, you're feeling vibrant, you're actually vibing at a lighter level. And because of that, you're more open to receiving gifts, signals, thoughts, you know, collaborations. So it's super, super important to try to vibrate at a higher level. Do whatever you need to do to get yourself in a happy place. Sounds ridiculous. I used to think it was, but it's so, so important. And starting off your day doing something you like, it helps. It really helps. Yeah, and I and so reading it, I kind of figured why you might be skeptical because law of vibration is more like energy that it's not tangible. Right, it's intangible, and like like this table, it is. So it's easier to believe because it's right in front of you. Right, but the thing that we need to and and Einstein was actually great at this is imagination. People assume is just for kids. Okay, you can be creative when you're six. You can pretend you're a superhero when you're seven. You can't pretend you're a superhero when you're 70. Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not, you know, aim? And, and Les Brown, one of the motivational speakers, has this, this quote. And he says, aim for the moon because even if you miss, you'll land upon the stars. Yep. So why not think big for your life? You know, what's the worst that can happen? It'll just get bigger. It may not get as big as you want, but it might. Yeah. But you have to be open to it first. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And uh, so th- there was a lot of science in it, like protons and neutrons mm. and micro and macro levels and stuff. What research did you do for the science? Sure, scientific yeah, aspect? absolutely. So, um, so we actually did look into quantum physics quite a bit. And mm. one of the things that's happening right now, and it's happening in the scientific community, is science and faith are starting to merge. So back in the day, they actually decided that science and religion had to be two separate things. Right? There's either energy, which fell under science, or there's God, which fell under spirituality and religion. Yes. Well, now they're finding that God, the God force, the universal subconscious mind that we're all connected to, is actually linked to energy. And so science and religion are starting to come together. And what people are realizing is, as long as you have faith and you believe, and it goes back to the visioning, there is no reason why, as human beings, we can't be creators of our own reality. And if you're in a place and you don't like your circumstance, don't blame the economy. Sit and figure out what is it in your thinking that's keeping you down. Right. I love that because there there was a moment in the book where you were talking about you were making good money, but then you spent a lot of it going to Europe. But then at that same time, the economy was going down, your your stock values was going down, your real estate and all, all that. And then at a point, you didn't have money. But you realized that it wasn't not just the economy, but how you were spending your money, too. So it's, it's that awareness of what did I do? Yeah, it comes back to awareness. It comes back to owning your own, you know, your mistakes. own mistakes and, 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 and learning from them. And part of mine was, okay, Katerina. You're not making 200 grand anymore. You need to stop pretending you are and don't buy a $1,000 purse. <laughs> right. Bad idea. 
But it was also, it, it's good to treat yourself every once in a while, but in an efficient way, I guess. Well, you just say. have to be aware of where you're at. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. And there was a moment also, in I believe in this chapter, where you were t- talking, you didn't want to spend $1,000 on a certain plane ticket oh, yeah. for a business class trip. And you ended up getting the regular economy, but then they even upgraded you to the business classes already. So this is this is dead. a fun story because when I realized that I was spending more than I was making, <laughs> what happened was I quit my finance job. I decided I was going to chase media instead, and for a little while I was unemployed. I was in between, but I didn't stop tempering my spending. So not only was I not having cash coming in from a job, but I was also spending like I was. So I was getting a uh, double whammy. And then wait, the economy blows up. So, lo and behold, I wake up and one day and I'm like, oh, well, my savings are depleted. Excellent. Now what? When was this? This in, was in, in probably 2010. Okay. By now. Yeah. yeah. And so, America's in recession by now. America's then. in recession. <laughs> yeah, I was sense. hit, you know, on the real estate, on the stocks, on, on everything. And part of what I decided to do at that point was, okay, I need to watch my spending. So I had been used to flying business class, but that's a bit of a luxury. You're not going to die if you don't fly business class. And I was on point to try to minimize and mitigate the spending pattern. So I was like, Katerina, you can't fly business, book an economy seat, but be super happy with the trip because you're going on it anyway. So going back to gratitude, be Mm -hmm. happy with the moment. So I get to the airport and in my head, I'm like, you know, but it would be really nice to fly business. So I go up to the counter and I said to them, you know, like, what's an upgrade? Because sometimes it's two, three hundred bucks, right? So they were like fifteen hundred dollars and the ticket itself was like three hundred bucks. So I'm like, ah, not going to happen. But instead of kind of beating myself about like, oh, I used to fly business and I'm, ah, I was like, you know what? That's fine. And I'm just going to be super happy with my upcoming trip. I kid you not, Marissa, I get through security. I get to gate B-52, whatever it was. I'm Mm -hmm. sitting there waiting for the flight to board, and they call my name. I look around. I'm like, okay. Here I am thinking, oh, no, what does this mean? And I get up to the counter right at at the boarding desk, and they're like, you know, we're oversold. And I was like, oh, no, like they're going to bought me off this this fight. And they go, and so we're going to have to upgrade you to business class. And I was like... Because I kept a happy, high vibration. I didn't let the negative keep me down. I just took the negative. I was like, okay, well, let's not dwell on that. And let's keep happy. And the the universe just delivered what I wanted. Right. You sent that energy out. But it's got to be happy, high, light, vibing energy. Absolutely. And because I read that on the plane when I was going, (laughs) I actually just traveled back as of two days ago. I had... Someone, what the same situation that happened to me also, which is great because uh, here's my little story. Um, so I had a flight at like 635 okay. and there was like, I got to the airport way too early and I was like, I don't want to wait another four hours for this. And so I asked them if I could get on an earlier flight and that would cost $75 to, um, you know, change. I was like, yeah. all right, fine. But my original flight had a, um, an, Air, uh, a window seat, okay. which is like, I love windows. And I didn't want to pay $75 for a seat that probably middle, wasn't going right. to be a window. So I'm already spending more money. But then they, uh, so they got me on the early flight and they're like, I'm going to give you a window seat. I was like, yes. There you go. And See, I didn't I like it. it. And I right. didn't ask for it. I wanted a window seat because my original flight was a window seat. And I got a window seat. Because you went in happy that and energy. you just sent it out. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it really works. It happens. You guys, if you're watching, it's it true. really works. It's true. So, like, um, so reading your story Amazing. and then going through that just two days ago, I was like, yeah, wow. Wow. And, you know, that goes with the, just the awareness and being connected 
to the mm-hmm. universe, which kind of goes into the next chapter also about, um, like, it makes you aware and, and more noticeable of things that you're doing and things that you're not doing. Um, so w- what I l- really liked about this is, like, the whole reacting and responding to situations mm. and what you're doing in those situations. And what's the difference of reacting compared to responding? Right. Okay, so we're all in a car. We're all in traffic. Somebody cuts you off, right? Reacting mm. is, you know, go F yourself. You just got in my lane. Beep, beep, Hong Kong, flip them off. You're reacting to something that someone else just did. That puts you at uh, a less optimal place because you're giving your energy to the situation you're not controlling your energy in the situation responding would have been okay that guy just cut me off now i get to choose how i want to feel about that am i going to be pissy because he cut me off or am i going to save my energy preserve it and just maybe give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he's got, you know, a child in there that needs to get to the hospital. Maybe he's late for a really important meeting. Why would I give my energy negatively into a situation that I can't control because he's the one that cut me off? Right. I respond by taking a step back and deciding how do I feel like feeling in this moment. When you take a minute and you respond versus react, you control your own energy. And you're not letting it seep out to everything that's happening during the course of your day. Yeah. And it's also, I think one of the things is like, it's how you handle situations that defines who you are, not what, it's it's how you tackle each, each problem. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I like that. Mm -hmm. And we all, and we all have a choice. Again, it comes back to awareness of our own thoughts and you have to train your mind to recognize when you're thinking something negative something angry something stressed um because people say oh well you you know you shouldn't be stressed it's part of your day you you're allowed to be stressed stress is there for a reason but it's there to signal you to recognize what's going on around you if you're feeling stressed that means something's not jiving Mm -hmm. it's an indicator so i'm not saying ignore the stress or don't don't listen to it but take a minute and become aware of it so that you can realize what is it intended to tell me in that moment yeah and also with the awareness that leads into um the more future chapters is that also uh how like being aware of the situation that you're in say like you're stuck in a job or you're stuck where you're living or a financial situation is what tools and steps you can actually take that takes you to the next step of getting somewhere that you want to be and um, I love that because people have an idea but don't know the actual process of how to get there. Right. Yeah. And how to get there because it's always the how, right? How do you always. do it? So number one, just be really grateful and thankful for where you are. Number one, again, it just goes back to gratitude. Be happy with where you are somebody doesn't have a, a roof over their head mm-hmm. you may hate where you're living somebody doesn't have a place to live you may hate you know your legs somebody doesn't have any legs like you know we so so take a minute and just be thankful for where you're at and then think about where you want to be don't think about the how to get there though because the how to get there is going to get you stressed out you don't know how you're going to get to la no. all you need to know is that you want to get to la and you wanted to, and that came in different ways. Maybe you came for school. Maybe you came for a job. Maybe you came to visit someone. Um, so allow the how to be taken care of by the universe. You figure out the what. What do you want? Mm-hmm. I love that. Everything. So and, um, it, and it's, it's nice it because is. it alleviates a little bit of that stress, right? It does. And, and because people are always wondering, like, 
you know, step A, step B, step C. And it's yeah. like, no, just focus on what's happening now. Right. The, yeah. the, Be present to now. Yeah, it's yeah. the present day carpe diem in a way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> carpe diem. Absolutely. Um, and because you can't control your future. In like it, it, in a way, you, you want to like understand where you're going, but you don't. You can't control what happens to you. And, and really, you should be excited about all the stuff that you can't control. Mm-hmm. People get really stressed because they don't know, right? But think about how much can happen just because you don't know. So, again, we can decide if we want to look at the world as being negative, hostile place and be really paranoid running around. Or we can look at the world as being grateful, as being there to support us and offer us stuff. And so there's the paranoia where you're all paranoid that stuff's going negative. Right. And then there's pronoia. Which is just assuming mm-hmm. that everything is pro your support, pro your development, pro your fun. Why not wake up and think the world is going to be a fun place today? Yeah. And, and also in this chapter, you're talking about things like actual physical you know, action steps that you can take that actually help build you as a person. Right. Yeah. And, and for that, I would say just really develop developing an awareness and also developing a morning practice. Those two things are super, super important. Just start catching yourself dialogue. Like, for example, let's say you want more money, right? Mm-hmm. We all want more money. Who doesn't want more money? Who doesn't? <laughs> right. But all you're saying to yourself all day, every day, right, is I'm broke, I'm broke, I'm broke, I'm broke, I'm broke. Guess what's going to happen? The universe is going to say to you, guess what? You're you are broke. broke. <laughs> right? So if, you're, if you want more money right now, I want you to look around and I want you to really recognize, you know, you say, oh, I have no money, I have no money, I have no money. But you do. But you do. But you do. You've got a quarter in your pocket. You've got 20 bucks in you're your account. You're driving your car You're driving somehow. your car. Like, you've got, there's, and there's actually millions of dollars floating around. All of us live within 10 miles of a bank. Just in the bank, sure. physically in the bank is millions of dollars, let's say. So we're around money all the time. The thing is, there's a difference between wealth consciousness and money-making consciousness. Mm. Everyone has money-making consciousness. Everyone's out working, making money, having a job. But wealth consciousness is different. Wealth consciousness is feeling abundant, feeling grateful, feeling excited. You start feeling those things, the wealth, the ideas, the opportunities are going to come. That's different than just money-making. Right. The the wealth not just in a definitive number that's in your bank account, but also just in life. And experiences, you know. I mean, open your fridge, right? You've got food in there. You do. If you're watching this, you've got food in your fridge. You're probably eating something right now. You're probably eating while you're watching. So there's abundance in your life. You just have to start noticing it. Abundance and, like, having a positive attitude towards everything, Yeah, which isn't easy. You know, you sit here going, oh, well, that's easy to hear. Um, it's not that easy to develop a positive attitude, but you have to train yourself into it. Yeah, it's it's a habitual thing. And you mm-hmm. also said in the book that you used to be a glass half empty person, but now you're more of a glass. Well, full. Look, look at how woo I've become. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, what did you do in the, in the past years that helped you actively change yeah, that sh- mental shift the mindset? Yeah. Um, you know, I used to be super half glass empty pessimist, kind of like always like something's going to go wrong. And what I did was I projected myself. This is a fun exercise, too. And I would invite everyone watching to do this exercise. Take a little bit of time tonight. Make some tea, pour a glass of wine, whatever. And write yourself a letter from your future self. So whatever age you are right now, write yourself a letter tonight from the age of 80. Okay. Okay. What would your 80-year-old self say to your current self right now? 
So, so I did this exercise, and I was 38 years old at the time, and I really wanted to get a little more heavily into Hollywood and media and come to L.A., and my little negative beliefs were running around, like, who are you to go to Hollywood? You're 20 years too late. You can't go out there, blah, 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 blah. Mm. And I projected myself to the age of 80, and what my 80-year-old self said to my 38-year-old self was, Chick, you are so young. You are so vibrant. You are so alive. You are so capable. Like, get your head out of your ass and go do it. And it was just such a light bulb moment. So I didn't want to wake up at 80 and think I lived my life wrong and have regrets. And I'm sure you don't want to live that way either. So do this little exercise, right? What would your 80-year-old self say to your whatever self right now? Probably, like, you have every freaking gift in your hand. So get off the couch and go do it. Yeah, and you have resources available to you. It's just having the the personal motivation to go access all yeah. this. Yeah, and the 80-year-old exercise really helps. Oh, I'm yeah, sure. it does. And I love the book because at the end of every chapter, you have exercises yeah. for you to actually get into the habit of doing. So this book was written between me and my co-author, Danielle, and she lives in Portugal. She's a transformational coach, and she's in this world of personal development. Ben, we had met during a mastermind. And part of what we discovered was we were both living these lives where we were advancing in terms of our self-awareness. And because of that, and because of switching our self-dialogue, and because of acting into these practices of gratitude and vibing higher, there was literally a shift around the way life was working for us. So we were so excited about the fact that this stuff actually works. So let's throw it into a book because other people really can benefit from it. And I mean, I you see me now. I love my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and every time I talk to you, I'm like, what are, what are you up to now? Yeah, what's Because it's right? something interesting. And I love that. And you, you actually met Danielle, and you, you said a mastermind group, and the importance of mastermind groups is like surrounding yourself by other people of the same you know, persona and mentality. And and I like that because it made you collaborate and get all these thoughts and get it written down. Did you ever really, did you ever have a plan to write a book? So I never had a plan to write a book. I'm a speaker. I'm a person that uses their voice more than writing. Mm -hmm. But what I realized is I had this opportunity to collaborate on a book and it's like, well, why wouldn't I take that, right? So you never know what opportunities are going to come up for you. And with our book, what this is doing is it's opening up even more doors. So now we're speaking at bigger conferences and we're sharing more information and people are actually writing and saying, hey, like this sort of woke me up. So if you had asked me, was I ever going to become an author? No. Now I just released my second book. Ah, So what's the name of that? So the second book is called The Change Book and it's um, Insights into Personal Empowerment. That one, I'm actually, it's kind of an anthology. I'm one of 20, 20 co-authors. Each of us gets a chapter. Oh, awesome. And it, we, like this book series, they're on book number 16. So it's been going on for a few years. And it's had past senators and it's had past celebrities. Actually, one of the winners of The Voice was an author in the last book. So I'm in book 15. Nice. And my chapter on that is Media Mindset and how it, the importance of whether you want to be in media or not just cultivating this idea that you can be confident, you can have charisma, you can communicate well, and all of those things can kind of lead to a more interesting life because you've decided to show up a little more solidly for yourself. So yeah, I know, it's kind of fun. I'd love to read that too. And that reminds me of another book that you actually personally gave me. It was called Adapt. Yeah. And then that book was about, uh, you know, different influencers and and people who were successful in their careers and how they came to be at the position where they're at. Mm -hmm. And and, like it came from different 
people. And I, I love the, that. The beautiful thing about collaboration. people. Yeah. And the beautiful thing about people is exactly we're meant to collaborate. We're meant to work together. So if you, we're not supposed to go through life alone. So find people that you can have a conversation with, that you can get together with, even virtually, you know, on email or, or, you know, Zoom calls or whatever, and just get in that vibe of people who are actually doing things, achieving, thinking creatively. You know, it's fun. Right. And you were working with Danielle, who's in Portugal? She was in Portugal. So she and I wrote this book remotely. She wrote her chapters. I wrote my chapters. We brought them together. Via email? Or how how did you collaborate? Yeah, we were going back and forth with email, and we found our publisher, and, you know, they were having to edit, and English isn't her first language, so, like, that oh. presented another challenge, too. <laughs> That's cool. But but being basically rising up from mental slavery is the title, because a lot of the slavery, modern-day slavery that we're in, is all mental, you guys. Mm-hmm. It's all mental. And the system is designed in a way to make you feel inadequate. You have to buy this face cream or you'll look old. You'll have to buy this car or you're not going to get the girl. You have to do this. And so it's making us all feel less than adequate. And it's just fueling, you know, you have to take Xanax. Otherwise, you're not going to be where you need to be. You're not going to be calm. <laughs> right, yeah. And so if we allow ourselves permission to really start becoming aware of our own thought patterns, then we can really catch our own limiting beliefs. And that's when you blow up your potential. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and I love that. That goes back to the whole mental programming because we're programmed to think a certain way. But once you change that, everything else is open and available to you. And everything can change. Real quick, we have an example yeah. in the book about Santa Claus, right? So when you're six, you believe in Santa Claus. Somebody told you Santa Claus exists. You make cookies. You put them out. But as you evolve, as you grow, as you mature, that thought tends to be a little antiquated. Mm -hmm. So ask yourself, what thoughts are you still thinking that might have served you 10 years ago that aren't necessarily serving you today? And just change them. Yeah, you can always change. Yeah. I I love that. Um, When So working with with Danielle and so when you met her in this mastermind group how long did it take for you to realize hey let's write a book to writing and all the research to actual publication what was the timeline sure absolutely so we were in the mastermind together for about six months okay uh, international mastermind so there were quite a few of us from different parts of the world we would meet every Wednesday morning for an hour and literally share our wins share our concerns share you know do some critical thinking to help each other out and she and I kind of started vibing at the same level. You know, you can just feel people's energy. Yeah, and he's like, I like you. Yeah, I like Let's you. Let's be best friends. Let's chat. You know, we started WhatsApping. <laughs> and, um, and so then we decided to collaborate on the book. From the time we had the idea to writing it back and forth and back and forth and back and forth to finding the publisher to getting it edited to getting it out on the shelves was almost a year. That's actually a pretty quick, pretty quick. Turn, yeah, turnaround. Yeah, it was pretty quick. Yeah. yeah congratulations. Thank you. Because well, I still personally, in one of my life goals is to write a book oh. or something, write something to be published in a tangible form, such as your book, for everybody to read. So, I mean, knowing that you did it in a year. Yeah. It's and definitely a year, possible. And a year's not bad. Think about it. A yeah. year can go. I mean, we're already into July. Yeah. So this year's already going. It's more than half yeah. over. But it's, a, it's you know, it's... It, it can happen. Yeah, and then it you get happen. to be on the show, being interviewed by. And now we're talking about it. Like we've come full circle in, in that on book circle online. You see how that works? Um, and it, and it, it, I really did enjoy this book. So and like I felt there was like a lot of different influencers also part of this book because you, you quote some. I love all the quotes. You quote a lot of influential people, but also you do recommend some other books and peoples and who who's 
material can also you know benefit yeah and from yours so so what happened with me is because i was traveling a lot and i was working in this in the yachting world and i was back and forth in dubai and hong kong and monaco and i was dra- traveling around every time i got on a plane i would read i started getting into personal development and transformational material and and really understanding that hey this thing with vibration is a thing and the more i was on planes and reading this stuff the more i realized that you know what it's not going to hurt to try some of this so i started mm-hmm. putting it into practice and when you start to see that it does work, like your flight back home, right, where you yeah. didn't even have to ask for the window seat, they, they, they gave just it to offered me. it to you, right? You start to realize that, you know, the state that you're in affects a lot of the things that happen to you. So why not choose to be in a better state? Yeah. And that's when, you know, that the book came about. We just wanted to share this, some of this information. And thank you for sharing because I absolutely loved it. What advice do you have for other writers, now that you, you can put on your resume you're a writer, other writers or other people who haven't written and wants to get their information out there. What advice can you give to them? Sure. So one of the biggest things that I see holding people back, especially for writers, is they tend to be perfectionists. And they're like, oh, if it's not perfect, I don't want to start pitching it to, pub- to publishers. I don't want to. And you have to take a step forward. Mm-hmm. You have to just move forward. Because if you keep it to try to make it perfect... It's going to sit there for 10 years. What are you missing? So just take the leap and believe in your project and know that stuff is going to happen. So I would say just keep keep moving forward. Just yeah. keep doing it. Yeah, keep doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And uh, so what, now having the book already done out there in the world for everybody to enjoy and read over and over again. I've already read this book twice. Um, what do you want people to take mm. away the most from this book? The uh, The biggest thing that I'd love people to recognize is that we as human beings can absolutely control our own thoughts. We in the minute can decide if we want to perceive something as good or something as bad. There's no good or bad. There there just is. It's our perception. There's no up or down. There just is. It's up relative to down, but it just is. So we have the opportunity in that moment to decide, do we want to look at it in a positive light or do we want to reframe it and look at it at a, in a negative light? And if you have that choice and you can feel good or you can feel bad, why would you want to feel bad? So choose in that moment to try to look at the positive. Yeah. Sounds corny, but it works. No, but it does work. Yeah. And also your book explains how to do it. There are. There are how-to pieces in there. So I would, I mean, I got to promote the book. I would recommend going buy on Amazon right now. <laughs> yes. So it's available in what platforms? Amazon? Yeah. It's iTunes, on, it's on Amazon right now. Amazon. Um, okay. No, not yet. It's available on, on my personal website, which is KaterinaKazayas.com. Um, but it's on Amazon. And we're thinking of making it an audio book. Yeah, it's on my list of projects because I've done voice training and voiceover work. You now can that read I've been it yourself. LA. That's what we're thinking, you yeah. know. And then I'll just inflect it with like my my crazy Canadian voice. <laughs> but yes, um, it's a great little read. It's a great summer read. If you're feeling kind of stuck and you don't know how to push forward, but you know inside you you're supposed to be doing more, you know, like you can feel like there's something more I'm supposed to be doing, but I, I'm either scared or I don't know how. I'd recommend grabbing a copy. It's a quick read, like Marissa said. It's Absolutely. easy. It's light. 
It's straightforward, and we really hope that it gives you some good tips. Right. It gave me so many great tips. I mean, if you are watching the video aspect of this interview, I, I bookmarked this book like uh, like a college book. Um, I absolutely loved it. So thank, thank you, you for asking me to yeah. you know do this because like I, I seriously enjoyed it because I, I love self help books. I love um, personal growth books and, and you know self improving in in that way. So yeah. Amazing takeaways. I love it. And it just comes back to, and just to kind of close this up for anyone watching. So did corporate finance, went into media, wanted to come to Hollywood. I came to Hollywood. I ended up working with AfterBuzz. I still host on Book Circle Online. And now because I had, you know, the, the gumption to chase those dreams and allow myself permission to not feel too old, to not feel that it was too late. I've now become an author as well. So it's like, look at, like, it just becomes unlimited, right? What's it next? Is. So much fun stuff coming so down the much. Mm-hmm. I, and I can't wait to, to read your other books okay. in, down the future. There you go. You, you said you're not a writer, but now that you are, <laughs> and you, I'm sure you have more fun upcoming projects and, and all that. So congratulations on, on the book and everything that you're doing in your successful career. Where can everyone keep following you, your sure. work? Yeah, absolutely. I make it easy. So KatarinaKazayas.com and at KatarinaKazayas across all my social media. So if you're a Twitter fan, if you're a Facebook fan, if you're an Instagram fan, I don't Snapchat. I'm a little bit old for Neither Snapchat. I. <laughs> <laughs> I never got that one. No age limitation on no, Snapchat. No age limitation. But yes, at KatarinaKazayas. Come be my friend. Um, lots of good material that we put out. Excellent. Thank you so much. And you can follow me everywhere at Serafini TV. You can follow all of us here at Book Circle Online, bookcircleonline.com, iTunes, YouTube, and catch out Katerina's interviews. She's done several here as well. And thank you so much for rising up from mental slavery, how to unleash your infinite potential. If you haven't read it, go read it. It's amazing. That's all I can say. So thank you, Katerina, and we will see you next time. From executive producers Kevin Undergaro, Maria Menunos, and Jeffrey Masters, thanks for tuning in to Book Circle Online. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment. To suggest a book title or their author, you can tweet us at Book Circle On. This is Book Circle Online. Thanks for tuning in.